All right. All right. Uh, peace, family, and welcome back to Rooted in Muddy Waters podcast. I'm your host, Tamika LaSoya, and today I have my very first guest of my podcast. Um, she is a, she's a beast. Like, me and her um, met and connected on the internet, on Instagram, within the homeschool community. Um, I actually was on her show, I think it was last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was on her show where we talked about homeschool. And originally, I was thinking, like, okay, well, I can't do every episode by myself. Like, I need some guests. And I'm, like, thinking, like, who would I want to bring on the podcast to be a guest? And originally, I thought of her because, you know, we do homeschool together. I was like, well, I only homeschool two children. She homeschools more than two and i was like well maybe we'll have a conversation about homeschool well recently one night i was just scrolling on facebook and twitter not twitter facebook and tiktok and i saw she was posting videos about her blended family experience i was like that's it that's what we need to talk about because i also have a blended family and so i was like well let me see if she wants to do it and of course she said yes so i would like for everyone to welcome my friend she is a mother she's a wife she's a homeschool mom she is a speaker who has spoken on multiple homeschool conferences she is also the director of programs for an organization called um the fine design mm -hmm. and she's just all around just bomb boss and i love her thank please you. welcome destiny burns yay thank you thank you <laughs> you are very very welcome like i was saying like originally i was like let's talk about homeschool like she homeschools multiple children like she yeah. almost got a football team over there <laughs> i do and i was like just one night just scrolling on facebook and i was like oh she's like talking about her blended family experience i'm like that would be the perfect conversation for us to have like we could talk about homeschool but i feel like that's an even better conversation for us to discuss absolutely so i was like let's let's talk about it let's talk about it yes 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 so um i guess we could start with just telling our blended family stories mm -hmm. um i am a blended family uh, i have one child from a previous relationship my husband has one child from a pre previous relationship and then we have one child together okay. so all in total we have three children yeah. um and yeah you have way more than me so you go ahead and talk about it <laughs> I do. so um i have we have 11 in total so i would start with that my husband had three sets of twins from a previous relationship I had one child from a previous relationship. So when we got together in the beginning, we had seven, right? So you would think someone would say, oh, girl, that's a big enough family. Stop there. You know, not me. Um, you know, somewhere it said be fruitful. And I was like, I want more kids. So I added four. We added four to the bunch. So that's what rounded out um, the seven. And I always tell people we were really supposed to add three to the bunch because I just knew I was done after my son. I had been trying for a son. So my oldest daughter from my previous relationship, girl, then my husband and I, girl, girl. And so I told him, I was like, okay, initially I told him like, I'm gonna give you five chances, right? And so he already has sons from his other relationship, but I wanted a boy, right? Like a biological son. Mm -hmm. So we had, um, I got pregnant with King. His name is King. And I was like, oh, good. Okay, I'm done. Boom. And I was done. I was done in theory. I wasn't done like medically or anything like that, you know, um, which which is what got me, I'm sure. And then lo, lo and behold, you know, about a, two years later, I was like, something ain't right. Something ain't right. And the thing that wasn't right was I was pregnant again. I'm like, oh, okay. 
uh, you know, but no. So we have 11 in total. It's definitely a yours, mine, and ours situation. It's definitely been a, a journey. I'm not going to say it's been a battle, um, but it has been a very interesting journey. Um, and I did. I created a TikTok because I wanted to start sharing um, with the world what it's like to be a bonus mom, what it's like to be a stepmom. I think we see all this stuff, and but none of us talk about it mm -hmm. um, in ways that are healthy. None mm -hmm. of us talk about it in ways that we're all just trying to figure stuff out. And so that's what I was like. And I, I actually talked to my therapist about it. I was like, I think I'm going to start a TikTok. And she was like, really? And I was like, mm -hmm. and I'm about to tell it all. Like, I'm telling because I, it, we make it look good. People out here who are really trying, they, they make it look good. They don't show the tears. They don't show the anxiety. They don't show the frustration. They don't show the pillow talk. They don't show how we have to, at times, uplift our spouses. Um, or bite our tongues. Or bite our tongues. And they don't even show the times when we don't bite our tongues. And when we're like, well, we just, about to, we just don't go there. And so that is really what I wanted to talk about. But in a way that shed light on how I, as a woman, continue to be a bonus mom no matter what. And that's why I started my TikTok. Gotcha, gotcha. I was, like, just reading, like, because I didn't know, like, the statistics on, like, blended families. And I found this article on family.lovetoknow.com, and it said 16% of children live in blended families, and 40% of families in the U.S. are blended with at least one partner having a child from a previous relationship or previous marriage. And when I read that, I was like, I would think that that number would be bigger, like, because... Like, even when I grew up, it was like a blended family situa situation. Like, my mother had three children by the same person. And then, so my father and I, my father has three children with me and my brothers. And then she went on to have more children. And so it was like a, a blended, you know, family situation. And then here I am now having a blended family. And I see people who are actually going through this. And I'm like, that number to me should be higher. <laughs> I mean, I do think that there is, it's so interesting that you say that because when you start to look at blended families, right, you, you really have to start looking at the dynamic of the marriage, right? Um, and I tell people this all the time, like, so my husband was not married to the mother of his children, right? So a lot of times when I think the statistics that we get from blended families are from first marriages and then you have second marriages, so you don't really see that quote unquote blended family when it comes to like someone who wasn't married, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and had so, multiple children by different people. To me, yeah. that's still a blended family. Absolutely. Even though I, I, my father wasn't in my life growing up, like my brothers that my mother had after us, like their fathers were in their life. And but and they still also did stuff for us. Even mm -hmm. though they weren't our fathers, like they would still do stuff for us as well. So it's like to me, that's blended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's so interesting about it, when you really start to look at the statistics, so the, already the statistics, at least based off of what people, and I'm going to put that in quotes because, you know, people can get data from anywhere, right? You can, uh -huh. get, you can find data that supports pretty much anything that you want to say. Um, and we've uh -huh. seen that all throughout, you know, the last few years from politics to, you cool. know, to, to everything, okay? Uh -huh. Data is, you can find data on everything. So it says that there's about 40% of first marriages that fail. 60% uh -huh. of second marriages end in divorce. And then it says that when there is children from a previous relationship, that the divorce rate is 70%. 
and that the, it says it's cited in saying, and this is in RajeeShaheed.com, that stepkids and ex-spouses are often cited when second marriages fail. Wow. So think about that. Think about what we're talking about. Blended families, it's not easy. And I tell people that all the time. Like, oh, yes. Don't get it twisted. Like, again, we, we're out here, we're smiling, we're trying to make it work, but it honestly takes two emotionally stable, really four, because if you mm -hmm. have a marriage and you're married to someone, mm -hmm. right? And then let's say your spouse. So in my situation, and even yours, we're looking at two different sets of parents, like me and my daughter's uh, father, mm -hmm. my husband, and, you know, then the father, of, of, I mean, the mother of his children, right? Mm -hmm. But then, like, my daughter's father is married again. So then there's another parent involved, mm -hmm. right? Then my, my husband, the mother of his children, she is not married, but I do believe she's in a relationship. So that's another set, right? Mm -hmm. And you would think that there's a way there should be. For us to be one big old happy family and everybody to be just one gets along. Big old something, you know. <laughs> it needs to be something. It needs to be two or three sets of emotionally stable adults. That's what yeah. it needs to be. And so that's what I want to talk about next. So for the most part, and this is my experience. So for the most part, when it comes to my daughter from my previous relationship, I wasn't married to him. Um, you know. I, I guess you could say high school sweethearts, whatever. We met in high school, whatever, had her. And our our um relationship as far as us co-parenting, co-parenting um has always been kind of I wanna say I don't want to say rocky, but we don't we don't agree on the way that we choose to parent. So there's things that I choose to do. Homeschooling is one of them. Um, choose not to vaccinate. That's another like things like that. We don't agree on. Mm -hmm. But one thing that he has always done is he has been there for our daughter because mm -hmm. that was my one thing, like having her at like 21. Like that was my thing. Like, I don't mm -hmm. care what happens with us. You mm -hmm. need to always be there for her. And he has done that. Like we again, we disagree on how I choose to raise her, how I choose to go through. Like if she's in trouble and she gets some punishment, stuff like that. They don't. His side of the family doesn't agree on that. But for the most part, we you know we co-parent in an efficient way. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to and again, this is my husband's story to tell. But just from me looking in, when it comes to his situation, it's always been like turmoil. Like always been turmoil. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's unfortunate because I am the type of person like in the like I've known my son's my husband's son since he was a baby. Mm -hmm. My husband has known my daughter since she was a baby. So we, mm -hmm. we've been friends like we've always known. Each other, but we have always been in our children's lives. And mm -hmm. then we got together on and off, got married and all that stuff. And so, um. You know, I would, you know, like you said, like, like I saw one of your videos you did, I think yesterday when you were saying like how the, the bonus mom wants to like, you know, you do things like you buy things for the child and you show it for the child. And, you know, you're trying to show that this person, like, I love your child. Like I am here to help. I'm here to support in any way necessary to raise this child. Like, that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to replace you. I'm not here to one up you. I'm solely here to help right but then you look at that person who may still be hurting from something that happened 10 20 years ago may still have hatred towards you may like 
you know, see that you guys are now married and you're happy and you're doing things, doing big things or whatever. And then there's some type of animosity, like all of that. And then you think like, why don't you just do what's best for the child, right? And so as a person who, one, didn't grow up with her father, uh, two, who co-parents with someone else, and then now I have married to someone who has to co-parent with someone like it's just so much levels to co-parenting and to having a blended family and i don't think people realize that no i think that i'll say this and i feel like this is the bedrock of everything i have to say it takes emotionally stable adults I have found that, and I always said, it's so funny, the biggest mistake I made in becoming a bonus mom was thinking that everybody was a mom like me. And everybody's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, exactly what it means. When my, well, I had my daughter when I was 20, I was in college, so our, it sounds very similar. 20 years old is when I had her, I was, it was like 11 days before my 21st birthday. So I couldn't even drink and I was having children, okay? But I had it, you know, I had her, I was still in college. Me and her dad were in a relationship. We were friends. And so one of the things that we knew, one of the things that I knew, because let me back up. So I grew up in a situation where I say to this day that my parents are just weird around each other. And I don't know. And granted, my parents haven't been together since I was like 12. But it's just really weird. Like they can be around each other, but it's a lot of like, hey, hey. You know, like it's just so weird. Awkward. Awkward. And I did not want my children to experience that. And I told myself, I said, I don't care if I'm with the dad for 500 years or if I'm with them for five minutes. Like my children will not experience the weird. Mm -hmm. If I want to have a birthday party for my daughter, I well, our daughter, I want to have one birthday party. Mm -hmm. I don't want her to be traveling across America trying to have 50 birthday parties. 50 Christmases uh, for those who celebrate, 50 this, 50 that. I don't want that. And so I made sure in the best of my ability, trying to keep my emotional regulation under control. When it came to my daughter, I hey, do you need a ride to this? Hey, do you need me to pack her bag? Hey, is everything okay? Like, is there something that I can do? And even when he decided to get married, I made sure, and I, and I will, I'm like, I'm not going to be like, there were some hiccups. It wasn't many because I was like, yeah, I can't do this. Like, I'm not, I'm not that, I, that, this ain't that, as they say today. Um, and I made sure that no matter what, my daughter never heard me speak down about her father. And I honestly, I really didn't have too much bad to say about him anyway, just to be real. I don't. Uh, we were college students. We had babies. Like, we was both broke. You know what I'm saying? We was both uh, I, we were both in the in that situation with college. Um, I I am not attracted to him physically, emotionally anymore. The one thing that we have in common, the is one her. thing is her. Mm -hmm. And so you're right, not telling my husband's story, but also, I mean, we've been married for almost 11 years in November. So I too have been there since they, you know, since his children and my children, my daughter was two when I got with him. The twins were three, two and one, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they were babies for all intents and purposes. And so a lot of stuff, it's not about telling his story. It's about telling my side of his story, right? Because I was there. I mm -hmm. was the support. So mm -hmm. I saw when his child support left, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, I saw and I, it, it, we, not saw, I lived through mm -hmm. us being on child support. And I mm -hmm. say us because at the end of the day, financially, a lot of things fell on me. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a, a spouse and a majority of their check goes outside of the home, Mm -hmm. 
you are left to pick up the pieces, not left in the sense of like he wasn't doing anything, but left is in like, okay, how are we going to make this work? Right. Because I still want to be able to go on vacation. I still want to be able to buy what I want to buy. And I understand that he's in a situation where he has an obligation to care for his children. Right. Financially, as well as physically. I think my issue is it always goes back to the emotional stability of the adults because it takes two people to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. It takes two people to say, you know what? We have this child. Let's set some boundaries, right? Like I may not run my household like you run your household, but if I'm doing anything that is putting our child in direct uh, harm, Mm -hmm. I need you to speak to me. Don't roll up on me. Don't cuss me out. Don't blast me on Facebook. Don't Mm -hmm. try to run up. You know what I'm saying? Don't try to don't talk ill about me in front of my children. Like that is an adult to adult conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think not your shoe size. After actor age, not your shoe size. (laughs) And I think that as adults, especially in the black community, this is what I'll say. I think the narrative that we see is the baby mama drama narrative. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, I think that as people of color and families of color, we have to understand our family dynamics. And just because grandma, auntie, cousin, uh, sister, neighbor acted that way when when the father of her children came around does not mean that you have to emulate that and imitate that. Mm -hmm. And I think that, and I will say also, Knowing the people that I know now who, who, who co-parent and are trying to blend families the best that they can, I believe that it's more on the contrary. I believe that there are many more people like us who can mm-hmm. co-parent effectively and who look mm-hmm. like us. I just don't think that that's the narrative that we see on social media. That's not the narrative that they see of us in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and as many of my, you know, my friends that I talk to, um, they have the same issues. They have the same struggles. Mm-hmm. They go through the same stuff that we do. Um, the difference is you don't see them blasted on social media. You don't mm-hmm. see they mamas dumping out McDonald's on the floor, right? It's a totally separate narrative when it comes to co-parenting in, in communities um, that are not of color. And mm-hmm. so I really just want to highlight that as well, that we can blend families. It takes a little bit more. It takes mm-hmm. emotional stability. At times it may take therapy. Sometimes it may take writing out a contract. It may take multiple times of just trying and trying and trying but before we know it like we can co-parent effectively even if that means that we're half co-parenting and what I mean by that is when we have the children we are being the example for them so that way if our children have children and they end up in a similar situation which hopefully not hopefully by now by the time our children have children we understand mate selection. We understand what it means to be equally yoked. We understand those things and we're passing them down to our children. Mm-hmm. But if not, then when they're in my house, you're not going to hear me talking bad about your about your mother. Now, exactly. I will tell the truth. That, that, that let's be clear. Yes. I do tell I, I I am very transparent. I always produce receipts. Mm-hmm. I always produce receipts, especially <laughs> if, if they ask me questions. Yeah, and so that's how like my husband is with his son, with our son. Like that's how he is with him. Like he, you know, shows proof. And and again, I'm the same way. Like I never, because I had my mother did that. My mother talked down about my father to us, and I always said like I don't do that. I I do not do that. I do not put up with that. And you know, I feel like when he's there, oh, I am all kinds of names. I'm sure. You know what I'm saying? And I don't internalize that because one, that it does not serve me. It does not serve us. It does not help us as a family. And, you know, one time I actually had a conversation with my bonus son 
And I told him at this point, he's probably, he probably was like 11 or 12, maybe. And I told him straight up, like, I don't hate your mother. I don't hate her. I have no ill intent towards her. Right. I was like, there's no way that I can look you in the face and tell you that I love you and at the same time hate her. They cancel each other out. I, I can't do that. I love her because I love you. You are a part of her. You are a part of your father. So I cannot hate her because of past situations or past things. I'm above that now. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that in the past when I was young and dumb, I didn't make mistakes. But what I'm saying is like, we have to grow. And you can't you can't force anybody to, to heal or you can't tell a person when to heal, how to heal. But at the end of the day, once you have a child, your feelings go out the window. Absolutely. How you feel about something goes out the window. And so to me, it's like the relationship that a, that a child, and this is from somebody who grew up without her father, a relationship with a child and their father is just as important as a relationship with the child with their mother. Mm -hmm. Just as important, mm -hmm. especially if they have siblings. Mm -hmm. Especially if they have siblings, because once all said and done, when mom and dad aren't here, siblings is all your child is going to have. Absolutely. To be there to support each other. So it's like, I don't, you're right, it has to be a level of of emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, what do you do with the people that don't? Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, again, not to tell my husband, you know, but mm -hmm. he he's in a position where he just like, he, he's doing similar to what my dad did because my dad went through the same thing with my mom. And so it took me having my daughter at 21, mm -hmm. reaching out to my father and being like, you know, you have a granddaughter. You got two options. You're going to be in or be out. And for us to have a conversation, for him to tell his side of the story. And he basically said he had to make a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, I was going to either continue to fight with your mother to see you Mm -hmm. and do something that I was going to regret or I had to step back and pray that my children come to me. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's where my husband is right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if if we get a call saying, come get him, we go get him. No mm -hmm. ifs, ands, and buts about it. We don't ask no questions. But then there's periods of time where he's being kept from us. You know, and then now my son is asking, well, is my brother coming to my birthday party? Mm -hmm. You know, he's asking questions mm -hmm. like this. Yeah. You know? And it's sad because even her friends are reaching out to me. Her yeah. friends that I've never spoken to, that I don't know, I have no relationship with, are hitting me on Instagram wanting to have a conversation with me, trying to figure out how we can mend this. Yeah. I've extended olive branches. I've invited yeah. her and the son to birthday parties. I've mm -hmm. extended olive branches and get ignored. Because there's still hate there. There's still mm -hmm. animosity there. So, like, mm -hmm. as a, a mom who wants to be able to, you know, help her. Because I, like, I know what it's like to be a single mother. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, I'm like, I don't want to fight you. I want to help you. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to do. Like, his father's always on the road working. We live in the same city. If you need help, I'm here to help you. You need to drop him off drop him off yeah you know what i'm saying but because you have so much animosity and so much hatred between the, of the individual that your child's father married you choose to just struggle and be upset yeah. and to me that's just crazy yeah it's it's a very interesting thing you know i i have read so much up on this because again when i first started no one could have ever told me what it was going to be like to be a bonus mom mm. not a million years 
Uh, I believe that my husband had it way better being a stepdad. Uh, he didn't have to go through half as much as I went through. And I told him that all the time. I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, you might have had to, you know, you backed me up in a few situations, but let's be real. Like, it was not this ain't that again exactly. this ain't that right Same um, here like when my <laughs> when my daughter's father comes like he speaks to him they dap up we be at birthday parties together together like me and yes, her dad yeah. like we go like she wanted to take her dad to like it's like a market type thing downtown like like me my son her and her father are downtown while my husband's working and like everybody's yeah. assuming that we're his family and like he's uncomfortable he was like and I was like, thank you. Like the person was like, oh, you have a beautiful family. And this is what they said to my daughter's father. And he just looking and I'm like, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Because that's yeah. how it's supposed to be. Technically we are family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's the, and, and I think what we're missing is it's the village, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the, a few things that like a few tactics that I like pull really out of this one is like understanding that not everybody is going to like you or agree with what you do. Right. Um, I, and as you said, like I've extended olive branches. I, I'll just be honest with you. I've extended them and stopped because oh, me too. My piece, <laughs> right, right. Listen for my piece, my piece is important. Mm -hmm. My piece is so important that I'm not going to let anything get in the way of my marriage. And I love my biological children, but at the mm -hmm. end of the day, they're going to get up. They're going to grow up. They gonna get married, and guess who I'm gonna be left with? I'm either gonna be left with a man who I don't know because mm -hmm. we've been faking it for years, trying mm -hmm. to just make it right, or I'm going to be left with my with my spouse, the person I I was placed here to help and to grow, right? Mm -hmm. And so even when it comes to like my bio children and that situation with their mother, there have been times when she needed help. And again, remember my my our situation, we had child support. Most people, a lot of people, have child support. So my husband couldn't do it. So there were times where she reached out for gas money and guess whose pocket the gas money came out of? Sis, there were times when she has reached out for extra food because her benefits have ran out when she had custody of the children. And I'll kind of get to that because I feel like that's important. So mm -hmm. in being separated, there is a percentage and I don't remember what the percentage is. Well, there, there's a year after separation or divorce, the separated parent can go through up to at least two years of the stages of grief, okay? There are five different stages of grief. So when we talk about grief, a lot of times we talk about a death, right? Somebody done died. But in this situation, if you are not in the home with your child that you've helped to create every, you know, every day, you don't get to see them wake up. You don't get to see them do all those things. Then that is where grief can set in. You're, you're mm -hmm. denial. There's denial. There's anger. There's bargaining. Okay, well, maybe if I do this and they can do this, or maybe if I can do this, that's where you start to see, I think, fathers really spin their wheels because they're trying they're, to spin their children's shame. lives. Their shame, right? There's mm -hmm. depression. So it's funny that you say, like, well, right now, I think my husband is just in this place of like, okay, well, if he called, what up? Because I remember my husband going through these stages of grief. I remember that man crying because he couldn't see his children and not because he couldn't see them, but because when he would call, somebody would hang up the phone or when he called, his number would be blocked or call. Did he have a number? You know, because right now he's even in a situation. Here's the thing. We have custody. Of, of his twins now, right? Um, so there's joint custody on paper, but he has he's the primary parent. Right now, let's say something happened to the children, something where you would want to contact the other parent. He doesn't have a number for this other parent. He has an email that very probably doesn't get checked, right? You see what I'm saying? So it's like, but guess what? 
it's okay. So my husband went through the denial. He went through the anger. He was in the angry phase for a long time. He was angry. Angry because he couldn't see his children. He To the point where they would argue and fight. But obviously, that's not healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Then you go to bargaining. Okay, well, I'll come do this. Well, what happens in that stage of grief and co-parenting is that you can have one parent kind of use the other children, child or children as a pawn, right? So if you do this, then I'll let you come get the kids. Mm-hmm. If you do this, I'll come do this. But if you don't do this, or if I feel like I'm not getting what it is that I want from you, then you're not going to be able to see the children, right? So mm-hmm. there's that bargaining piece that unfortunately, there's not mediation. There's like a, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And that's because in my personal opinion, um, when it comes to co-parenting laws, I just think in most states, they're antiquated. Most states automatically favor the woman. Mm-hmm. And I get that maybe in the 1930s through the 1950s, because statistically women were at home. And mm-hmm. so it makes sense. Let's give the child to the person who's at home and who can quote unquote care. But in the, you know, probably since the, the women's liberation movement and whatever people believe in that, when women started working outside the home, mm-hmm. that is when the child care in the sense of like when you have two parents that are no longer together, but obviously the divorce rate went up too, right? When when feminism really hit the, the scene, everything changed. Divorce rate went up, uh, separation which was, which was intentional because that's what that whole movie was about. It was about separating, separating families. the family. Absolutely. So when you have things like that, now it shouldn't be, well, the mom automatically gets the child. No, it needs to be who can care for the child in the most proper way. Mm-hmm. And should we be granting sole custody to somebody Unless you can prove that somebody is abusive, you know, sexually, physically, emotionally, that they're not where they're supposed to be. We really need to take almost a holistic approach when it comes to who gets these children who and it's has even, the better environment. Who And it's even more difficult when the than when they were never married. Absolutely. You know? So it's even more difficult because, again, like when the person has been married then, you know, they may be like, well, there's joint custody. But when the individuals have never been married, you the really need to look at everything. Yeah, the mom will automatically have sole custody of the child. Yeah. And so the father's fighting to see the mm-hmm. child, mm-hmm. even though he's paying child support, even though he's doing everything mm-hmm. he's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And the court's like, well, we can't help you. Yep. And that's that. That's where one of the things that I really do on my TikTok is like, it's maybe about once every week, once every two weeks, I'll start looking at different, the parental rights handbook. So every state pretty much has, uh, like in the state of Tennessee, where I am, the state has, a well, the custody courts, I guess family court has something called like the parents bill of rights. Most states have them. And I really and highly suggest that people start looking at the state bill of rights because a lot of the stuff that single parents go through, specifically single dads, because let's be real, we just said that the women are usually the ones who get the children. So specifically single dads, there are things that I know their rights are infringed upon. Now, here's the deal. It's all a system about access. Do I have the money to get a family lawyer to take this person to court every time I think that they or their family is slandering me? Do I have money every time I feel like my child is, you know, I send the mail, but they're never receiving it? Like, so it's things like that. It has to do with access, right? Equity, um, things like that. But then like I re- you said something that stuck out about your husband. You was like, now he's just in a place of like, okay, maybe my children will come back. So my husband was in that place, right? He's literally been through all of these different stages. And he went from there to really like fighting because, you know, I knew it was in his heart that he wanted his children. Now, here's the thing. And this one I'm going to lay down to all, to all bonus moms, stepdads, real dads, everybody. 
when we got our bonus children, when we got custody of them on paper, that my husband was the primary, I could have never imagined how much trauma those children had been through. So when they came into our home, we in our heads, I believe, imagined the two and three-year-olds, right? We imagined those young children, and not even young, because it's not like he hadn't been in their lives since they were two or three. Like, he had been in their lives intermittently, not mm -hmm. not by choice. But mm -hmm. I'm just to be clear, like, mm -hmm. by choice, he would have been there way more. My husband has mm -hmm. asked for custody plenty more times because there were times when, you know, their parent was homeless or without a house. There were times when she needed, you know, Things she didn't have, you know, she was unable to work for whatever reason or couldn't have sustainable employment. And so there were plenty of times when my husband said, hey, let me get three. You keep three. I'll keep three. That'll give you a chance. Hey, I have more kids over here anyway. So actually it'd be a board. It'd be, quote unquote, more of a financial strain on me than it would you like. Let me do it. It was always enough. Right. So when we finally got the children in our home Monday through Friday, sun up to sundown that wasn't for a weekend or that wasn't for whatever we started to see all of these traumas the trauma started to manifest which is normal in the way that the children transition to our home or just in general but i did not realize the effect that it would have on my biological children right mm. so if you always as women, as as specifically as stepmoms, bonus mom, you know, we have our biological children. We're like lionesses. Like, I'm going to be a lioness for any of the children that come to my home. But yes. something about when your children are, you know, you feel that their way of, of, of life or their, their safety is being infringed upon. Now mm -hmm. that puts us as bonus parents in a really tough spot because a piece of it is like, okay, like, I know that these, you know, my, my bonus children are an extension of my husband, right? Mm -hmm. They're an extension of everything that I hold dear. And when I got with him, I knew he had the bonus children. So I can't say, uh-uh, forget that, right? Mm -hmm. But then on one hand, if I'm seeing the safety, if you will, of your biological children, and you're like, wait a minute, they're not used to this, right? Because remember, different household, different rules different boundaries, different way of life, health, different religious system, possibly different values, no, different values, different ethics, different, you know, different beliefs just in, in everything. Mm -hmm. And so we're over here and we're trying to establish structure and a little bit of order. And we're trying to say, Hey, it doesn't work that way. So what we had to do was we had to get counseling. Every one of my viable, I mean, every one of my bonus children is in therapy. My oldest biological daughter is in therapy. I am in therapy and I tell every bonus mom that I run into, get a therapist because especially if you have a situation that is as volatile, that you have to work out your own emotions, that you, you see your husband going through these different stages of grief and you can't be the one to block him like you would in any other situation mm -hmm. that weighs on us mentally. And so we really have to be intentional about making sure that we have steps. And I always tell people therapy because, you know, regardless of if you're, you know, you're Islam, you're Buddha, whatever you believe in, you still need a therapist. I tell people this all the time. The altar is not a therapist. You can go there, you know, you can pray to the ancestors, you can pray to whoever, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you're going to need somebody. If you're going through something like this, where there's no manual, there's no ain't too many podcasts. So I'm glad we're talking about this on your ain't too many podcasts talking about blended families, <laughs> especially not black ones. Mm -hmm. Ain't too many podcasts, uh, you know, ain't too many documentaries talking about this and how to do all the like we are literally flying. We are we are building the plane and flying it at the same time. 
Mm-hmm. And when we go through these different motions with our bonus children, with our biological children, trying to blend the family, trying to keep it as healthy as possible, sometimes we need an outlet. Not sometimes. Many times we need an outlet. We need to learn how to set boundaries. We need to take mental breaks. It's okay to say no. Those are all mm-hmm. things I had to learn. So I'm preaching mm-hmm. to myself. We have to learn how to say no. Hey, I can't do that today. Hey, no, we're not going to be able to do that in the house. Or, hey, yeah, that's okay. Or tell me about this. You know, how did your mom do it, right? Is that something that we can transfer over here? Mm-hmm. Showing that courtesy, even though it's not always shown to us, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's really a, you know, it's kind of a give and take. Yeah. We're figuring this thing out all at the same time, trying to give each other tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you say that. So I was another article that I read on VeryWellFamily.com, and it stated that the four biggest problems blended families face are sibling robbery, children need for attention, step-parent discipline, and lack of family bonds. And I thought it was very interesting. So it had me like, you know, my wheels were spinning, and I'm thinking, like, does any of those apply to us? And I'm gonna, I'm honestly gonna say that. Three out of four of those apply to our situation. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the sibling rivalry and the children need for attention is like one for mm-hmm. us. And then also the lack of family bonds. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll explain. So um, my son, the son that me and my husband have together, he has never had to fight anyone or tug any, t- like do a, a tug of war with, with my husband's attention, mm-hmm. right? He mm-hmm. sits, he has been born. When he wants daddy time, he gets daddy, he gets daddy time. time. When daddy comes home from work, it's daddy time. Like, oh yes, I'm spending all my time with dad. Oh, I get to play this video game with dad. Like I get, we get to go on, you know, we get to go on little adventures, all the jazz, right? And so um, for recently, for the little bit of time that our stuff that my bonus son was able to be in our lives, because again, they got snatched right back, didn't mm-hmm. last long, maybe <laughs> a few months, mm-hmm. and they got snatched right back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, my husband, like, I had to watch him, like, try to balance that because it's like, as soon as he gets home, he got these two boys. They have all this energy. All they want to do is talk, just pulling on his energy, pulling on his energy, pulling on his energy. He was like, they are so much. They are a lot. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? It was like never anything because my bonus son, he is 13. My son, he just turned five. Um, So, you know, they were like, he. I just like like really just watched. It, it was never like that with me, with them trying to pull for my attention. It was like that for him because, again, like one has been in and out of his father's life mm-hmm. since he was born. Mm-hmm. And then the other has always had daddy's attention. So it's like, you know, it's that tug of war that he had to go through, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, just big brothers just being big brothers and doing things to tease a little one. And I'm like, yeah. dude, don't do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So then I got to be like, I got to step in. And they got to a point where I told my husband, okay, you need to, I, I've said all I can say. Like, it's your turn now to, like, nip this in the bud. Like, he's mm-hmm. intentionally picking. Let's stop this, yeah. you know, doing things like that. And then the other one was the family bond one. So, again, like, this goes back to me, like, like just in a perfect world, right? Like, we just wish that there would be more of a bond that where we could all depend on each other 
to mm-hmm. do the thing that we're supposed to do, which is raise our children, which is to guide them and to protect them and to make sure that they are mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy, right? Mm-hmm. That's the family bond thing. Like, for in the beginning, me and my husband just celebrated our six year anniversary. But we, thank you. <laughs> We've been married for six years. I've known this man for 14 years. We dated on and off for like 12 of those years. And then we got married six years ago. So I've known this man <laughs> for a long time. And so in the beginning, you know, I was like in the perfect world. Like, you know, we just going to all be cool. Like she going to be like, hey, I need you to come get Anthony. Or, you know, I need blase blase. I'm like, okay, sure. Cool, no problem. Or she'll call, oh, well, I want to take the children this place today. Is it okay? Like, yeah, girl. Like, that, you, you would think that that type of bond mm-hmm. would be created. And then it's not always the case, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. As you read those four... I was like, shoot, I don't, I think we we struggle with all four of those. And I this is what I'll say. Again, I'm gonna say it to the cows cause home. It come, it go it comes down to emotional adult, emotionally mature adults. Why? Because children between the ages really so you know, uh, studies will show that the brain, you know, is fully developed at 27, right? Mm-hmm. So between zero and 27, we're we're all amygdala. Amygdala is emotion, okay? We also know. That between, you know, in the Bible, it'll say, you know, the age of accountability is around 12. You know, some researchers say it's somewhere between 7 and 12. So think about it. The Whoever their majority influences between the ages of, let's just say, 0 and 12. If they heard all types of negative, if they heard he's taking more care of those children over there than you. If he, if they heard, you know, well, when you go over there, you need to use your, your dad and, and her money and do all this kind of stuff. Then guess what they're going to come over and do? Even if they love you. Even if they care, they're not really acting out their actions. They're Mm -hmm. acting out the actions of whatever adult is their primary person, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that I learned. Number two, and I had to stop taking it personally because for a while I took it real personal. Yeah. And I think what I, as a stepmom, one of the things I really had to learn how to do is not to put my weight onto my husband. Another reason why I went to therapy. Because what I realized is, and and we as wives, we can do this. And sometimes we have to be careful because we can manipulate the situation because we're trying to look out for what? Our babies, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make sure my baby all right. Uh, Not saying yours can't be all right, because they can, (laughs) as long as my babies ain't, right? And so being emotionally mature adults all the way around, that took practice for me. Mm -hmm. because Because when you have people in your house that don't follow your rules, it's easy to find something. Okay, mm-hmm. well, why you ain't pick that up? Why you ain't doing this? Why is this not like this? So, And it became a toxic environment that I realized I was contributing to. And but that- you know what's crazy is I didn't have that issue with my bonus son. Like, it, I would say something once, twice max, and that was it. Mm. Like, you know, I'm like, well, if you're you're here, so it's everybody's responsibility to contribute to the household. If yeah. you see the trash need to get taken out, take the trash out. Yeah. So like I didn't have those issues because he was doing it, right? Yeah. He was yeah. doing it. The only thing that was hard for him is that we don't watch TV or play video games before three o'clock in our house. Gotcha. That was hard for him. Right. We also right, don't right. eat we also don't eat meat in our house. Yeah. That was hard for him. You know what I'm saying? But him like listening to what I asked him to do, mm-hmm. that part wasn't hard actually it was pretty easy like he knew that toy didn't play with him he knew that and so you know what I'm saying? you say that and what's so funny is so like we didn't have the issue of them not listening 
it was a it was an attitude that came behind it right and okay. granted my my husband so in my my bonus situation we have girls right sometimes boys are a little bit easier anyway because to be honest my bonus sons really give me no issues Mm-hmm. Not at all. I think they saw it. They saw that their daddy loved this lady. And so they were like, oh, okay, cool. Fine. You know what I'm saying? And to be fair, I think that the people we had the most, not the people we had, the ones I had the most issues with were the girls. And it wasn't that they were blatantly disrespectful. It was that I know girls. So I think about my, and I had to put myself in my oldest daughter because I talked to her a lot. She's 14, but that was, you know, that's my Ace Boon Coon. I had her when I was a kid, right? And so we would talk and I would say, you know, I would ask her different questions because she's a kid. So I'm thinking like, okay, maybe she's going to give me the experience. She's a child. She's going to give me the experience or, or from her viewpoint. Mm. I would say like, am I going crazy? But <laughs> like, is that is that too much? You know, and I think that, I had to learn over time. One, my daughter is very much like me. Mm-hmm. I was the main female influence in her life. The, the reason that she had the relationship with her father that she had is because I made sure the relationship was there. Mm-hmm. I did not become a stumbling block. If she wanted, now I did get mad at him and frustrated at him sometimes because I'm like, hey, she's trying to call you. Why you ain't calling her? She's five. She don't need to be calling you. You need to be calling her, right? Those were the things. Those are conversations that I had with my husband away from her. Those are conversations that I had with her dad when I stepped out of the room to make sure she was never in earshot of what it is that I was saying or mm-hmm. trying to implore him to do, right? Mm-hmm. What I realized after building relationship with my bonus children, I realized that that was not necessarily the case. Since then, they have shared things with me that their pro- their mother, I'm sure, would be mortified because they're trying to figure everything out. They've heard that this family over here kept you know, their dad away and all these kinds of things. And so, but when they're over there and they start to talk to us and we're like, oh, well, no, we tried. Then as they are more with us and they're more in therapy, they're starting to, it's almost like you can see them now in this space where they're like, well, you know what? I do remember when he would call and she would hang up and laugh with her friends, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're at an age, they're all teenagers. They're they're about to be 15. My oldest, the oldest set of twins will be 15. Then my daughter's 14. Then we have another the set of boys is 14. Then we have a set of boy, girl, 13. And then I have all my singles. <laughs> so all my teenagers now, specifically my bonus uh, teenagers, now they're in this place of trying to they're putting two and two together and two and two is making four, but it's not in their head. It's not making four. So they're like, wait a minute. Like, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. You it's know. interesting that you say that. Cause I had a conversation with a friend of mine and with my husband. And so, and this is going back to like personal experience. Well, like me and I growing up with my father, like when it comes to sons and their mothers, that's the thing. That that's the thing. And and that's what like I like I tried to relate to my husband. Like I was that child that was stuck in the middle between my mother and my father. So mm-hmm. I know what that what your I know what he is going through. <laughs> I know that he probably wants to see you, wants to spend time with you, mm-hmm. but he has to also hear and deal with his mother because that's where he lives. Mm-hmm. And that is hard on a child. Like just to share a quick story again like i reached out to my father after i had my daughter and me and him have been like this ever since 
I will go to bed. You don't play with my daddy. You don't yeah. play about my yeah. daddy, right? Yeah. We have played this every since. If I call him, if I need something, he is always there, right? Yeah. And so when I first started like hanging out with my dad after years of not seeing him and I had my daughter, you know, I would ask my brothers like, oh, y'all want to go with me to go see daddy? This is what they say. I lied to you not. No, because I don't want to hear mama mouth. That's the type of shit. You know, that's yeah. the type of yeah. thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> And it, it, I'm pretty sure it is no difference. No difference. My husband told me one time this woman said that um, when he comes back home, when the bonus son comes back home, he, um, he, uh, he, um, I'm sorry, he, um, okay. what was I about to say? You Dang said it. when your bonus son comes home. Yeah, like he's too happy. He's mm -hmm. sad when he comes home because when he's with us, he's too happy. <laughs> How is that a bad thing? Right? How how is that a bad thing? Yeah. That, that doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Yeah. It's very interesting. It again, and and what I stress to my bonus children is you all are getting older. Between the ages of zero and 10, you saw a lot of stuff. Now your brain, if you believe in the classical education, there's my little homeschool slip for the day, right? If you are classically trained or read any of those interesting books, they're going to say that right now all of our teenagers are in that logic stage. So now they're all trying to figure out what the hell we've been giving them for the last well, let's just say zero through fifth grade. Once mm -hmm. you get to middle school up until early high school, that logic brain is starting to kick in. The mm -hmm. questions are going to start coming. Now it's up to us as adults how we answer those questions. We can tell the truth or we cannot tell the truth. We mm -hmm. can uphold what we thought we've been doing. Um, okay. We can um, hold what we thought we've been doing, what, what we thought was right, or we cannot, right? And so what I've started to tell them as questions come up and they'll say, well, we asked, you know, our mom this and she told us to shut up. She said that that's not how it is, right? But then when they come over our house, I always tell them like, okay, well, what y'all want to know? And they, they may ask me a question. I say, look, I don't know that much. That's your daddy's question. Like I can answer some stuff. I can't answer some of the, you know, some other stuff. That's your daddy's mm -hmm. question. And so he is, and I tell him like, you need to tell the truth because they're teenagers and they're going to mm -hmm. figure it out one mm -hmm. way or the other, because now they're starting, you know, it, it's funny you say that. So my dad and I had a very interesting relationship. Remember I told you him and my mom had a very interesting relationship. I knew too much about their divorce entirely too much. I shouldn't have known. I was too young to know what the hell two adults were doing, but I knew mm -hmm. that made me, I felt manipulated mm -hmm. and I, I wasn't outright manipulated. I believe I was passively aggressively manipulated um, to have a different type of relationship with my parent. Now, what was funny was it was made to believe like, well, I, I would, I would encourage you to go to your dad's, but it was the way you encouraged me. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a way you can say, Hey, are you ready to go to your dad's? Like, I know you guys are going to have fun. Da, da, da. Or you could say, are you going to your dad's? Mm. Right? Two totally different ways. Your tone. You think you're going to have fun? Your energy, right, mm -hmm. sis? It's everything. And so I remember growing up like that. I was that person who was like, do I go to my dad's? You know, I, I maybe, maybe I don't want to go, right? Because children have a loyalty to their to their mom, regardless, right? That's just nature, I think. Mm -hmm. We have a loyalty to our moms, even if sometimes our moms aren't are toxic even mm -hmm. if sometimes it's not necessarily healthy for us. And as adults, we have to learn how to navigate those spaces too. That's, now that's mm -hmm. a different conversation. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do we as women navigate 
mothers who are controlling are toxic and how does that feed in? You know, I always say, how do you how how do you learn how to be a wife if your mama wasn't one? Right now you got to Listen, figure it out. Yo, that, that's a whole nother conversation. That's I a whole disconnect. <laughs> you got to draw the boundaries, right? Yeah. And so again, even in even in this bonus parent situation, like I despised my stepmom. I despised with a D. I absolutely love her now. My dad and I did not have a healthy relationship because I blamed him for breaking up our uh, breaking up my mom and his marriage. Now, child, what I know about that at 10, 10 years old, mm -hmm. I don't. All mm -hmm. I should have known is, you know what, mommy and daddy, maybe they're not together anymore. That doesn't mean that they don't love you. It's just that they can no longer get along. And it's better for them to be apart than to be together. But we can mm -hmm. still love you. We can still work as a unit. We can mm -hmm. still do things. It wasn't like that. And so because it wasn't, we have these children now, an extension of, you know, an extension of our spouses walking mm -hmm. around. And if we don't have emotionally mature adults around, they going to feel like, what the hell am I supposed to do? I got my <laughs> mom over. Like you said, I'm sure your brothers are grown. But guess what they say? I don't want to hear my mama mouth. So you mean you won't have a relationship with your biological parent who put his seed in your mama because as, as a grown man, 30, 40, 50, however old they are, they scared that your mama going to say something. But they, they, they were still in high school. They're younger gotcha. than me. They were still in gotcha, high school. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, you know okay. what I'm saying? So they were yeah. like maybe like a senior and maybe like a junior in, yeah. or like a sophomore in, in high school. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like, you know, I was driving and all that stuff. I'm like, y'all can just come with me. It's like, nope, I don't want to hear mama mouth. Right. Like, but, but, but think about the position again that that puts them in, right? Yeah. So ours are in high school, right? Yours, mm -hmm. I think I, you said yours are in high school. So mm -hmm. the position is if they they had a two adults mm -hmm. that were emotionally mature and well. Hey, have you seen your dad? Hey, mm -hmm. you're playing basketball, football, whatever. You're making music. You're doing whatever. Like, call your dad. Make sure you tell him. I know. Because guess what? I, I have accepted as a woman that at a, as a certain point, my sons, I nurture, I breastfed. I did whatever it is that I needed to do for my, for my son. Once mm -hmm. he gets to a certain age, there are things. It's like a rites of passage. There are things that I... I'm sure I could teach him if I really try. But it's not the same if a man was to teach. It's not the same. And guess what? As a mom, I have to learn how to back up. Hey, mm -hmm. I'm going to let me talk to your dad about that. Hey, go talk to your dad. Go ask your dad. So there are some things now that I'm like, hey, you got to ask daddy about that. Mommy doesn't know that's out of my sphere. That's out of my scope of control. That's what I say. It's out of my scope of control. I can't do that. The same with the women. When there's things about your mentees or, you know, you're going through this, your face is breaking out. You're trying to figure out why your mood is changing. That's my job. Sis, come to me. You know, mm -hmm. and even with my bonus children, my bonus daughters, we're going through that right now. That's my job, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's really all about making sure that we figure out how to be emotionally well in our situations so that our children don't feel stuck in the middle. It's about mm -hmm. centering them no matter what. what? And that mm -hmm. takes us as adults being adults. Yeah. Being mature, um, healed, mentally, emotionally adults. Yep. So I know you have to go. Did you want to do a part two? You want to continue? What you want to do? So we can do a part two if you want to. Because I know usually with your podcast, because you got a lot of content. So you may want to, like when I did the other this other lady's podcast, I think we had to do it in two takes. We had to do like a part one and a part two. Because we just, you know, we talk so much. We have <laughs> you have so much content that you'll be like, dang, like, you know, and we can go into it. So you, we can either do a part two and you can give me another date. Or we could do a part two, you know, or maybe we can do like some bonus or whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. Just okay. let me know. Cause I can always hop on even later today if you want me to, um, okay. but we could do some more. So that way you can have it for your podcast. 
Okay, well, I mean, we've been on, it says we've been on here for like an hour and 15 minutes. I don't want to hold you. It's so, okay. And I would say, ahead. listen, I would say if I was, if I'm on 2%, and I was like, Lord, I'll be done talk, 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 then all of a sudden it done cut us off, and now I'm all jacked up trying to charge my little phone. Uh, <laughs> so okay, but let's close out. Let's, let's okay. close out really quick. So before I close out, is um, a segment that I want to start called, um, What Are You Rooted In? So the name of my podcast is Rooted in Muddy Waters. And after having this discussion, like, like what I want to ask is like, where are you rooted in? So for me, I'm rooted in the fact that there is no perfect blend. There is no perfect blended family. There's so many dynamics of what a perfect, what a blended family looks like. And there is no, no perfect blend. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like more people need to show the downs as much as the ups, because just like homeschool, right? You see people, oh, she homeschooled this way. Oh, they're blended family this way. They look so perfect. I wish mine's like this, but you don't know what that person went through or what it took to get there. Right. And that's what people need to show. So what yeah. are you rooted in? I am rooted in village building and legacy building. So to me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yes, I totally agree with you. There is no perfect blend. I think we're all learning that as we go. Like there was no manual for this. But I think more importantly, if we focus on legacy, I want to I'm focusing on right now that my children will never have to go through this because as a mother, as a gatekeeper, I will be able to watch and I'll be able to try to bridge the gap. I won't be a hindrance, but I'll be a help. And that's what I'm that's what I'm rooted in. Great, great. Thank you so much, Destiny, for Yay. joining me. You are officially a friend of the pod. You can come back anytime. We can have you Yay. know we can talk for forever. Like yes, for hours. <laughs> um, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Please, please, please like, share, subscribe to Rooted in Muddy Waters. I am on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. As always, send a peace and love your way. Later, loves.